and welcome to Out on a Limb podcast with your hosts, Will and myself, Allison and Samantha. And today we have another fabulous guest for you who's going to talk about a topic that we have not covered yet. And it is super, super important. And that is children. What do we do with our awakening children? How can we nurture them? All of that stuff. Mm. So Jenny Zakruski is a spiritual teacher, a psychic advisor, master channeler, and a spiritual business mentor. She founded Starseed Academy in 2019 with the Starseed Academy YouTube channel, guiding souls through their spiritual awakening. But here's where it really gets interesting. In 2024, Jenny began working with awakening children and their parents inside her awakened Mm. kids family membership to support children as their gifts are emerging, to teach them how to protect themselves while safely training them to use their gifts to connect with spirit and enhance their lives. And we are so excited to welcome you, Jenny. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're so excited. Um, So let's start off like we do with all of our guests pretty much, which is tell us a little bit about your own spiritual awakening journey. How did you get to this point? Uh, Were there any dark night of the soul involved? Any of that kind of stuff? Um, Because we have a lot of people who who deal with that sort of thing. And we like to hear how other people navigate. Mm -hmm. Tell us about your life. Yeah. How much time do you have? (laughs) (laughs) Dark night of the soul or, you know, like 1,797 dark nights of the soul. Like there's been a lot. I feel like I've, I've moved through so many evolutions of myself where I feel like I've honestly lived many lifetimes in this one lifetime. And, And I think a lot of people that go through spiritual awakening after awakening feel that way. And I can look back and see all these beautiful versions of myself and, and, and be so grateful for all of those lessons and the growth that came. But for me, it really did start as a kid, which is exactly why I'm working with children and their parents right now, because it was overlooked at that time when I was a child and I was going through a lot. It was a really difficult experience being so highly sensitive in not only on earth, which is, you know, quite a harsh, dense, energetically place, not to mention very unpure when it comes to like our environment and our food and all of that. So super sensitive to the physical of it. But then also um, our society was very like when I was growing up there, it was very much, you know, not accepted to talk about things that I now talk about, like spirit guides. No one knew what, you know, channeling was. Everyone thought psychics were fortune tellers. Like there's just no understanding around any of that. Now I think for, that- For our audience, I'm sorry, can you give us a range of date? Like, was this in the um, 80s, 90s? When was this taking oh, place? Yes. Age? I, like mid 80s to 90s is when right. I was growing up. And um, I feel like everybody was very much in like, uh, no one wanted to be vulnerable. Nobody was really showing emotions yet. It was all about staying strong and, you know, pushing through, which is actually pretty toxic. <laughs> and so there was really no space for a lot of individuality. And I say this though, coming from a household where there was a lot of religious programming going on. Now, I do think that, interestingly enough, a lot of psychics choose to have parents and childhoods with these really, really difficult experiences. And our dark nights of the soul start very young, right? So for me, the religious programming became religious trauma because everything that I was experiencing was was seen through the perspective of it being evil, Right. Like if I'm if I'm talking to angels, well, that that's not OK, because um, in the religion that I was brought up in, that was only for the saints to do. And so it really must be something trying to trick you and it must be evil or demonic or this or that. And it was like very much filled with fear frequency, mm. you know, so everything that I did became terrifying. And I became afraid of my own gifts. And so that was like the very first dark night for me was so young. Like I was just a little girl and I was having um, so many experiences. One of them that really stands out, if I could share was um, I was having this, uh, what I would call a past life regression, like a past life that was trying to come through for healing. And the way that it appeared in my life was in grade one, the summer after grade one, Every single night that summer, I had the same dream. I dreamt that I was a boy soldier. I would wake up in the dream, very, very lucid dream. Like I would look down at my body in the dream and I'd be awake and I had on the the, the uniform and I was a boy and I was a fairly young boy, like a teen. And I was in this war 
and there were like bombs going off all around me and and I and and I could not wake myself up even though I knew very lucid you know what I mean by lucid like you're aware in the dream that you're dreaming but it's more than a dream you're you're in it you look down you can feel the fabric of the uniform you're there and I would like every time I would always walk in the same direction, no matter if I wanted to do something different or not, I couldn't. And I would walk into this field and I would be captured every time by the same people. And then I would experience as a prisoner of war, torment, uh, terrible things. And I'm just a kid. Remember, this is like, how old are you in grade one? I don't even remember, like five or six. Like, I don't know, yeah, so young. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I would see this every night and I would see my fellow soldiers going through it as well that were captured with me. Now I would wake up, so upset. And I would try to tell my mom every night, literally, this is every night, right? What was happening? Like, like it was me, I was there, um, you know, I'm, and I'm trying to like explain to her, you know, what I was experiencing, but I don't have the words for it at that age either. So, you know, I just constantly worried my poor mother. She thought, I don't know what she thought. I think she thought I might've, you know, had real issues, um, you know, to go to therapy and to get all these things or whatever, but she didn't, there was no, there was no language back then to understand something like that. And it wasn't until I was an adult that I had this lifetime come through so strongly. And I realized, oh my God, that was a lifetime that I had like pretty much right before being Jenny. And that's why it was trying to break through the seams of my reality and say, I need to get your attention. You need to heal this. You're still hurting as the soul that you are grieving it so terribly. And when I came to that realization, I remember just bawling my eyes out in the shower for like an hour straight, grieving my my fellow soldiers, grieving my own experience. I died as a prisoner of war that, you know, I was tortured so much that I ended up dying. And I had to like, I got the name of myself in that lifetime. And I spoke to him and I told him that I saw him and I loved him. And and it's okay. And and when I did that, there was such a healing that moved over my, my, like I felt lighter and I felt like I could breathe again and the dream stopped. And it's like, that's just one example. Like there's so many, and I was just so young and this is happening now in children. Like this is happening and, and more again, so many things are happening with them being so gifted, so sensitive, so open you know, like things are coming through. And if you don't explain, if you don't help the parents understand, then it, it just becomes like it grows into a block, mm -hmm. you know, like the way that I couldn't, they couldn't hear me. They couldn't help me. It became worse. It became more traumatic. And then it was with me for so much longer than it needed to. They didn't have the tool. They didn't have the tools or the understanding of how yeah. to help you. They just, they knew the conventional way of dealing with issues like that, but that wasn't what you were that isn't what you were looking for. So, and I know. can't imagine being a child trying to even begin to find the words to explain, right. much less go through the process of recognizing and healing it yourself. Like that's right. just. So yeah. at what age did you finally feel free enough? Was it in your teens or your early adulthood to pursue and, and investigate all of this? So I, I was in that religion that I brought up before, and it was very, um, very culty, like very controlling. And so I, I had to unbrainwash myself from that in order to accept who I really was and my gifts and not be afraid of myself. And so it took me probably until 24, maybe, to be able to walk away from that religion. Um, and, and that's where like my first, like when I said to you at the beginning of this, I've had so many lifetimes in one life, I walked away from that. And, you know, in that religion, you get married extremely young. So I had a marriage that wasn't right for me either. I walked away from that and the religion and everything at such a young age and just completely started my life over and started really finding myself. And that's when my, my gifts, like were free. I could start talking to my guides. I could start seeing what I was truly capable of and learning how to practice and get better and train myself. But, and I have to say like the catalyst to that, it's so divinely orchestrated. Someone handed me the book, The Secret, right? About manifestation and all this. And I know that that's pretty like introductory now we know a lot more, but at the time that was mind blowing when I was like 24 years old, that was like, wow. Right. And I was very much stuck in victim mentality because that's all I knew. And that book moved me into, oh no, wait a minute. I'm the creator of my own reality. I'm the sovereign creator. I can choose what I want to experience in this life. And that gave me the courage to make all of those changes. So that was definitely a divine orchestration. 
I love that. And the secret Celestine prophecy and conversations with God are probably the three yeah. that everybody in that era <laughs> yeah, the pillars started of... reading. <clears throat> so I'm glad you brought that up. And I'm also really glad that you brought up the fact that everything we've done before our awakening, we need to honor and not beat ourselves up about. Like you said, that version of Jenny, that version of ourselves was purposeful, even if we weren't awake. Like when I raised my children, we were in the church. We took them to church every day. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't until they were, I don't know, early teens that we started awakening ourselves. And so part of me wanted to regret not listening to them when they were little, because they could have been telling me about past lives or exciting stuff or their spirit friends or whatever. And I, I didn't have the eyes or the ears to know that then. And so I've had to learn not to beat myself up about that, mm -hmm. but that it was all purposeful. They picked me for a reason and we went through that. And as you said, that foundational piece, the, the home that you're raised in and the parents that you have, even if it's not ideal, is mm -hmm. the box through which you're going to break and strengthen your gifts because of that. Like if you don't have those challenges early on, then you don't have anything to hone yourself right. to, to sharpen your sword and, and to strengthen you mm -hmm. and the uh, advice then and the help to give to other people. So that was fantastic. Thank mm -hmm. you. So what that is true? I really feel like we put those difficult things in our soul contracts and sometimes at those really young ages to almost guarantee an awakening. Oh, like yeah. <laughs> your contrast, you're thinking, okay, I can't live like this anymore. What else yeah. is there? And that almost can guarantee that that will happen for you. Right. And a it's lot a of times way of saying that yeah. when it's really traumatic there, your guides come in to protect you and you strengthen your relationship with them early on. Mm -hmm. And you know that you're protected. Uh, and that really does help to get you through, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so at what point did you know that this was your vocation and this is where you needed your mission and where that you needed to work with other people in general? Well, I knew for a long time before I did anything because I was so afraid um, and I was getting what I would call like a soul nudge to go on YouTube. Um, and I actually started my YouTube channel in like January of 2019, but all of 2018, I knew that's what I was supposed to do. Like I, it was being said to me, like I could, I was having so many soul nudges where I would be watching my favorite YouTubers and I could visualize myself doing it. Right. And I kept saying, I could do that. I have something to add to the conversation. There's no reason I can't also be doing this, but then the fear would kick in and I'd be like, no, no, no. You know, like <laughs> what do I have to offer? And we put ourselves down. Like, what do I have to offer that somebody else hasn't already said they can do it better. I'll just leave it to them. The wow. experts to do. <laughs> and it's really hard to like move through the self-doubt and my first YouTube video that I ever filmed, I was terrified, like shaking. I had to edit the crap out of it because I was like so nervous. I kept saying, um, and this and that. And, and, but you have to start somewhere. And I did. And I'm proud of myself for doing that. And I also have committed to never deleting the really cringy videos at the very beginning of my journey because someone needs those. Right. <laughs> and you can see the growth too. Like I leave the cringe and you can see the growth. And, and someone also is still at that phase too. So it's okay. Right. That mm -hmm. is beautiful because yeah. we're so used to sanitized versions of ourselves on Facebook and YouTube and all of that kind of thing, but people don't, you, <clears throat> it inhibits a lot of people because you see this perfect person on YouTube and you're like, mm -hmm. I could never be that. I'm not that good. Right. I'm not that beautiful. I'm, I'm not that well-spoken or whatever, but if we can see that you had a journey that you overcame those obstacles and you, you know, worked through it. And so we let people see us as real too. We make yeah. mistakes and we mm -hmm. you know, sometimes curse or whatever, flip people <laughs> off when we're driving or well, but I whatever think people, it is. They're, they're wanting more of the authenticity yes. now. Anyone who's yeah. like too slick too whatever. I just, it's, we, we want to know that you're like me, you know, and Correct. that kind of thing. So did you, I mean, along this journey, did you, or maybe you still do, but, um, you know, are you still, and as, as Samantha calls it, are you still immersed in the muggle world? Meaning do you have a, a 3D a 3D job, that kind of thing? Do you, are, you, are you trying to incorporate yourself out of that, that type of thing? I mean, did you- Are you floating you, free? Right, right. <laughs> So I think that nine to five is like a programming, like I call it the nine to five programming. And I think it's very much like a brainwashing in a way. And I'm very grateful to have been able to unplug from the nine to five programming and now helping people to do that as well. And I've got to be honest. And I, and I think somebody listening needs to hear this. My little psychic channel is popping in. You can make more abundance and experience more freedom and fulfillment doing your own business 
than you will ever do in the nine to five, no matter how good. I had some good jobs in the nine to five, but when you follow your, your mission, your earth mission is what I call it, or when you follow your soul gifts, and, and it's almost like, a, like an equation, discover your gifts, master your gifts, use your gifts in service, build your empire, build up your offer suite, build up your programs, teach people how to do what you do. And it's a journey. It takes time. But now I'm just so blessed to have this beautiful soul empire of Starseed Academy. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. And um, yeah, you're right. It's uh, when you're working your contract, your mission, it's the energy that is what's going to attract people mm -hmm. to you, things, mm -hmm. things that you need. Not It doesn't just come in the form of money and it isn't about you know, having a six figure or larger salary. Mm -hmm. It's about being abundant in all things, mm -hmm. having love, having people um, and all of that. And, and, and it is the energy of that. As you said, it's right. when you know what your mission is and you're excited to do it, it's passion. You're never passionate about getting up in the morning, going to your nine to five. No, Not really. I know. <laughs> I know. The thing is, it also heals your relationship with money because maybe it is about being six figures and maybe that's a beautiful tool that you get to use to help even more people and reach more people mm -hmm. and help your family and, you know, do all the things that you see the world travel. Like, why not have everything? Mm -hmm. The fulfillment and the divine work plus that abundance you can have it all because right. money is not evil. Money is just a neutral tool and it's a person behind it. Right. that their intention and what they do with it, that creates the frequency of it. You know, and it's mm -hmm. funny because in religion and we've, I, we all have been in the religious paradigm, You too. but you'll hear <laughs> um, mega church pastors say the same thing. God doesn't necessarily need us to live in poverty. And that explains why they have 15 houses and boats and cars and all of this kind of stuff. And that's not always ethical either. So there is a fine balance. Mm -hmm. We're not meant to be in poverty. But money isn't the ultimate goal either. Yeah. But there's a happy medium a and balance, it's beautiful. Right. right, it's, right it's finding right. the balance of how you fit within that equation and how the universe then aligns the things you need mm -hmm. to be successful in that equation. So. Well, and the way I always put it is it's not the having of the thing. It's the, the emotion you get from the having of the thing that that's really where you're wanting to live. Yeah. yeah. That's it right there. Cause yeah, it's we're, like we're all part of the same thing here. <laughs> you don't feel any different. You're not a different person when you make your first six figures or your second, you're not different. It's about like, what did it give you? Cause it's not about the money. It's about the freedom for me. I need the freedom, yeah. right? I don't want, I can't have a boss. I can't be told where to do and what to be. I need the freedom to create these incredible programs and help people and feel like an artist who can, you know, let her creative self kind of like plan her day. When do I want to film? When do I want to have a call or a session with somebody? When do I want to teach this event or whatever? That's freedom. And to me, that's abundance. So everybody has their own version of what that is. Yeah, exactly. And so as you're going through this Starseed Academy and you're working with clients, when did you decide to kind of switch the focus a little bit to incorporating children? What, what were you yeah. seeing out there? So it's, it's new for me. It's of 2024 is when I started this. I had a, like a huge download in December and I put it into effect pretty much immediately to make it happen in January. Because I like when you, it's one of those downloads that you have, you know, claircognizance coming in where you have, that gives you all the body chills and you're just like the emotions, your eyes are filling with tears. I had like eight, like of these just pages, just pages and pages and pages of notes just, and my pen couldn't even keep up. It was like truly coming from the divine. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is it. This is my next branch of starseed academy like like i've been that kid mm -hmm. and i and i can tell parents what it's like to be on that side of it and then i can also talk from the adult side of how we can now help them so i feel like i can see on both sides of the fence kind of thing um it just came through so strong and and so i started that in january and so we're at the baby stages of something that is also going to grow sure. that's fantastic i love you talking about the downloads so with that who do you work with or are there guides? Is it your higher self? Who, who is your team? I have quite, I mean, we all have quite a large team. So yes, I definitely work with my highest human self. I specify human because there's lots of higher selves probably that we have. And I think it's really funny because I really believe in parallel lives, not so much past or future. It's all kind of like happening at once. And so it's like, if you just ask for your highest self all the time, what if you're calling in like your highest dinosaur self? Like that's not going to help you. So I'm very specific and I'm like highest human self. And like that's the funny. That, 
It's true though. It's like the person that's walking this path as Jenny, the highest version of that. What's the highest experience I could have on earth? How can I do the most good? That's who I want to talk to. But I also work with Metatron a lot. Mm -hmm. um, God source, whom I call Baba, which is like, um, means basically like grandmother spirit or grandfather spirit, Baba, Metatron, my highest self. And then I have lots of other guides too, but those I think are the three main ones that I, that I get a lot of information from. Love that you said that. Cause it's so interesting. So the first guide that materialized basically for mm -hmm. Will yeah. was Enoch in the human form, yeah. Yeah. but obviously Enoch was Metatron. And so what we have found since then, and that was in 2018 when 2018. he first realized he was channeling, yeah. uh, is that people who, there are a lot more people that have a connection with Metatron than Enoch, mm -hmm. um, but the, the human incarnation of yep. Enoch was purposeful at this time to bring that ancient healing to earth. But at any rate, people who had connections with Metatron would show up in our life all the time as clients or people just coming in. So it's so interesting that you also have this connection yeah. with Metatron because yeah. I think those people are drawn. The energy is similar. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I do. Yeah. And I find the same thing with my own clients. I, I tend to call in a lot of the people that are past versions of me. I've gone through a lot of the things I've gone through or are working with the same collectives or councils that I'm working with. Yeah. Interesting. Right, right, right. Awesome. So a lot of times if we, if I have a client that's open to it, I'll ask, Hey, are we on any councils together? And we always are, mm -hmm. or have we had any past lives? Yeah, you always have. Yeah. So yeah. it's really fascinating to think how interconnected we all are right yeah. and and how close all of it actually is it's just we we perceive it in our in our human form as being something so far out of reach that yeah i really got to struggle to get there no it's right here you just mm -hmm. have to shift just just a yeah bit. And, but it, it's it's that shifting that so many people have a struggle with because it's they're not they're not used to it they're not used to um i'll say disassociating themselves with their current version and jumping into another version of themselves mm -hmm. and trying to you know learn something from themselves so well, i think it's also we've had imagination killed out of us oh, like yeah. you know like yeah. just yeah true that is my greatest joy i have like my main thing that i do like my signature program the thing that started it all it's called psychic light and i teach people how to discover and then master their gifts like their clairs mm -hmm. channeling light language astral travel akashic records it's a big course and it's like the the joy of that is seeing somebody come to me and say i'm not even sure if i have any gifts yeah. to when they leave four months later, they're like, oh, I'm ready to like, I'm going to be offering these in service. I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to like, they're just raring to go. And I'm like, that's it. That's how we build new earth. It's one new earth leader at a time, one person at a time. We've I've, I've put on similar classes of just exploring your, exploring your gifts. And it's a four week series and it's one night a week. And, and, um, and there've been a couple of times where, uh, you know, somebody will come, but they'll bring their friend and their friend is like, I'm only here for support. And I really don't really believe in all this stuff, but I'm just yeah. here for support. They're the ones that end up getting more out of it than anybody else. They come away with the light bulb so bright in their head, they're going, oh my God. And, and they have the experiences that just knock their socks off and, and get and it empowers them. Going like, what happened? Yeah. You know, why did he so, get all of it? Right, right. <laughs> empowers them because they're like, oh, wait that's why that happened to me or, Oh wait, that's why I do it that way. Like I've been doing it all along. I am. These gifts are available to everyone. I don't believe some people are gifted and some people are not. I truly believe that these psychic gifts are built into our energetic blueprints. We all have a crown chakra. We all have a third eye. We all have the ear chakras. We have this. So when you, you know, kind of like unblock, you know, like moving the dense energy. And then there's a reconnection that happens to the pineal gland. Cause that's the hub of the spiritual world. If you can reconnect all of those chakras to the pineal gland, the clarity that comes through, and then you teach people what it looks like. They're already experiencing clairvoyance and clairaudience. They just didn't know this, what it was felt like or the symptoms. Cause it's so subtle. Psychic mm -hmm. gifts are way more subtle than people realize. Precisely. Yep. And that's exactly what I base a lot of it on is, is you know, and I, I try to walk them through, you know, um, their daily life and say, you know, all right, in this instance, you know, you might've felt this or this or this, that that's your intuition. That's your Claire kicking in, but you didn't recognize it as that. And so you kind of pushed it aside. You just kept on going. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. when you take the moment to refocus for just a second and get some information out of it to give you some better advice or, you know, a better way to move. So yeah, it is. It is interesting how that well, make people recognize. And that. when, when I was coming through this stuff, like in the eighties, mm -hmm. um, yeah. 
during that time or the late eighties, early nineties, it was all about, it was still like, well, we determine whether you have these abilities or not. Yeah. Not everyone has these <laughs> gifts. You may be this, but you're not this, you yeah. know? And, and so I remember just feeling like I kept going, no, that's not right. That can't be right. You know, and just fighting against it the whole way through. And then somewhere along the line, all of a sudden, that's when the Indigo children got introduced, which we need to get into describing that a little bit because people are going to be like, what are you talking about? Um, but that's when the Indigo children started to be introduced. And it's like all of a sudden, everybody's like blown away by them. And I'm sitting there thinking, <laughs> hey, wait, oh, wait we've, we've all got these, like, we can all do these things. It's not just them, you know? And I just found it a very frustrating process. But in a way, I'm also glad because I got to see us go from, mm -hmm. well, you had to do things a certain way to now there's no wrong way like everyone has their own special unique the, bu the bumpers have been pulled off of the uh off yeah the, off the alley yeah. and it's just yeah. mind-blowing yeah. but so you can good. also feel into when it's coming from a place of purity from somebody and it's authentic and it's vulnerable and it's grounded and you can also feel into when it's coming from a place of ego and someone's putting themselves on that pedestal and that still happens so discernment is super important <laughs> And That's I like our big word. Yeah, <laughs> I learned to tell people a lot about like there is true ego channeling out there where people are channeling from their own opinions and ego, and they're saying, "Oh, this is a message from Jesus," and I'm listening to them deliver a message about fear frequency and separation right. and division, and I'm thinking like, "No," and that's what made me create my framework of clean and ethical channeling to make sure we're setting aside ego and opinions and truly being that pure channel yeah. where it's not coming from you. You're the telephone line. It's not coming. You're not the origination of the message, though. Beautiful. Thank you for bringing that up. I did watch. I was looking at your YouTube channel and you have a lot of shorts. So it's easy to go through a couple of clips. And one of them was exactly that about this ego channeling. And it is going to be so important moving forward in 2024 for sure, To mm -hmm. because not every spiritual teacher is on the up and up. Not every spiritual teacher is operating out of a space of ego. And so no matter what your ears are hearing, you have to let your heart sense into that? And what are you feeling? And, and do you feel this little niggle of something, even if you can't hear anything that doesn't sound right? Mm -hmm. Oh, they're using all the right lingo, but how's this making me feel? Exactly. Am I feeling it's, okay? It's when or? the spidey senses start kicking yeah. in. And no, or what's yeah. right for you at that time, because somebody who I would sit there and go, Oh no, I wouldn't listen to that person anymore. But that person might be right on the border of acceptable for this person to start to get introduced right. to a concept. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it's, um, so yeah, it's, it's very individualized. That's true. It's like, everyone's at a different phase and everyone needs a different way of learning. Yeah. But if someone gives you the ick, leave it. It's not for you. <laughs> the ick factor. I love that. Yeah. So why don't you take this moment to tell us the difference, uh, in our audience about the, um, crystal and the crystal children yeah. versus the indigo children and which came first, what generation are we in? How is this changing, moving forward and all of that. And I think there's rainbow. I think there's a couple of different ones. Yeah. There are definitely. Yeah. So I have, so I had prepared for you, um, seven signs that you have an awakened child for parents that might be wanting that. And then I also have the categories, exactly what you just said. So we can start with those categories. So the indigo children were the pioneers. So they came before that. I feel like an indigo child, basically like somebody that would have their gifts, um, popping off early on in their life, but nobody's there to support them. So it gets buried. Mm. And then they almost have to have a, like a, a resurrection of, of self in a way where you have to come back to that. And there's so much more healing that has to happen because that happened to you, because it was shut down, because it was like your light was dimmed. Um, and you have to heal a lot of fear frequency, especially in the third eye, those kinds of, so indigo, um, um, souls, I guess we really need to heal our third eye fear because we have all of these fears around what am I going to see? Oh no, I'm afraid to open up my gifts. I don't want to lose control. I don't want to see anything scary. And that comes from religious programming. A lot of it, right? A lot of us had that, you know, the demons and the hell and all this, or it also comes from, uh, children like that have experienced night terrors. You know, I, I, I have to say a caveat just because it wouldn't make sense if I didn't say this. Um, when you go to sleep at night, your soul travels, right? Astral travel is very natural. It's not something you have to try to do. It Your soul doesn't need to sleep. Your soul goes on missions or goes to learn stuff. I mean, it's going all over. As children, you have like way less control over that. It's just immediate. As soon as you close your eyes, you're gone, right? And you you can wind up in some darker realms and darker places and see some things that are a little bit frightening. And that happens to a lot of kids. 
Um, and that creates fear in that third eye as well, the fear to see. So you can subconscious or unconsciously or subconsciously shut down your gifts and not even know you did it. And then you have to work extra hard to open them up. And that was me and that's the indigo. And then we've got the rainbow children. Okay, so you did mention the rainbow. So the rainbow children, I'm gonna, I think I have one, two, three, four, five, six different ones here of these categories. I want any parents that are listening to know it's not one or the other. There are, you can have a rainbow and a diamond child. You can have a crystal and an old soul. Like it overlaps. You can definitely have more than one, but it does help to learn it a little bit separate like this, where you can kind of be like, oh, that's my kid. So the rainbow child, that's the multidimensional soul. They have lifetimes, like as every race, every species, every life form, every color of the rainbow. That's what makes a rainbow child. They can represent a lot of different, maybe even planets, civilizations. They've kind of experienced a little bit of everything because of that they have a very deep acceptance uh for all ways of life a lot of patience a lot of understanding for others that are different than themselves and they're here to bring the frequency of oneness mm -hmm. that beautiful oneness we're all one we need the light and the shadow we need all different kinds of people to make it work and they have like a lot of respect for that so that's that rainbow child the crystal child, these are ones that are really connected to Gaia, Mother Earth, the nature kingdom, the animal kingdoms. They are, they, they're happy outside. They speak to the trees. They've got the fairy guides. Like it's all elemental. It's all earthy. It's all, all of that. They're very highly sensitive though. So these are also empaths and clairsentience. So clairsentient means clear feeling. I know you guys already know that, but they, they feel everything so deeply that they get very overwhelmed easily, right? So this is like super overwhelmed emotionally and physically. So they probably have digestive issues, right? Very, very highly sensitive, extremely hard for them to digest food. They have a lot of allergies. They might have immune deficiencies. They might be diagnosed as ADHD or autistic or all of these different things. And truly their, their power, their gift is that they are healers. They are grid workers and they are peacekeepers. They're very, very peaceful inside. Um, and if you want me to pause, if you have anything to comment, I don't want to just talk over oh, you, but great. No, keep it's, going. This is fantastic. Yeah, well, I was just thinking that sounds like, like, you know, I've, I've often said that I don't necessarily believe that, well, certainly not all autism, like people say, oh, the kid's autistic. And it's like, no, the kid's somewhere on this spectrum of, of what we're talking about. You know, yeah. to me, that sounds like a child who leans towards, you know, autism and just needs that quietness and that you know harmony stimulated yep. it's mm -hmm. overwhelmed they're overwhelmed right yeah. and that's, autism is just overstimulation and being super overwhelmed and not knowing how to deal with it that is exactly that mm -hmm. and then the next one is the diamond children so they are the diamond coded ones they carry the 60 frequency so 60 is is where the the ascension or the awakening energy comes into the physical 5d is all about ascension in the consciousness and evolution of consciousness 60 is now where that ascension becomes physical you're physically in your body evolving and changing into the diamond coded frequency or some people call it crystalline bodies right 60 um, so these children are very naturally psychic. They are advanced manifestors, like they can just create realities and situations for themselves to their detriment or to their, you know, to their joy, depending on if they're, they understand it. Um, but it's there and they are leaders. They are way showers. They're brave and independent, and they're really eager to make their mark on the world. So these would probably be children that would want to be like the way shower means like even inventing things you know, ch charting through new paths. They don't want to do things the way it's always been done. They might invent ways. They might invent all kinds of things, um, so, like for society, for science, for the environment. They are way showers in every way, but very, very psychic as well, the diamond the diamond coated ones. Awesome. Now, what I will say is, you know, this is in the ideal world when kids have nurturing home lives. Yes. I work in a school where... Um, it's an alternative school for children who are in trouble, behaviorally challenged. And so I can recognize a lot of those kids, the ones that don't want to do it the old way it's always been done. They don't want to listen to adults. They don't, you know, they rebel. And so when that's not nurtured and they don't have good home lives or their parents can't, you know, streamline that, then I, I imagine these kids can also, the opposite of that is act out, be defiant, 
you there's know. always a shadow aspect to everything, isn't there? So yeah, there's a light aspect and a shadow aspect, which would be like their weaknesses and then their strengths. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Right. Good point. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So that was the diamond. So then the, the next one would be like the old soul children. So they are very deep thinkers. These are the kids that are so wise beyond their years that it's like shocking. They talk like an adult. They are Philip. I can't even say this word. Oh my goodness philanthropic so they're all about <laughs> philosophy and they are they're really thinking about things so much more deeply than their tender years would suggest that they should be and they're these keepers of ancient wisdom now these are the natural born channelers of the universe they're they're bringing through information about the soul journey secrets of the universe where they really come from maybe they remember their past lives easily those are the the ones that are really tuned in and tapped into like information beyond this realm beyond the world and their souls memories going way 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 back so that's an old soul child so they can tolerate really difficult situations with a very calm understanding that this too shall pass like they're they <laughs> a lot as you're describing that the guy matthias what's his name uh, stefano yeah he strikes me as that where he just came in the way he describes himself are you familiar with him Matthias de Stefano. I think he's on Gaia a lot. Yeah. And, but he's also got, he has a, a YouTube Pretty channel young. right now. Um, he's 20, I think 24, 23 or 24. Yeah. Maybe he's a little bit older now, but, um, but he does have a YouTube channel and he's been bringing out these old, um, I guess, recordings that he did or something and going over like joy and um, just different kinds of updated information or whatever. So he is out there, but yeah, he is. That's very much the way he describes himself. Sounds like what you're yeah, saying. He remembers like he remembers, right. All of the, which as you're saying, he's just open to all of his lives simultaneously happening. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And even like history of earth or humanity or even the, the history of the universe or the galaxy like that's what he that, talks about <laughs> yeah that's it that's an old soul like they are just really like open to receiving all of that information and they can also feel when something is true and 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 they're beautiful teachers that's a divine teacher archetype right there so mm -hmm. um and then the next one would be and remember you can be more than one because i feel very much like an old soul but i also feel like this next one which is the star seed children so the star seed children have a deep connection to the stars they may remember lifetimes off earth so off planet and they might even feel like earth is not their true home and i'm seeing so many of the people that come to me fit into that they believe too that there's a greater purpose to their life that they're on earth with a mission because they are right so that is a huge sign of a starseed child if they feel like they're here for a reason they have a mission they might not remember what it is like i didn't remember at the beginning but i remember saying to my mom as a little girl i'm here to to change i'm here to make changes and i'm here to change the world and i'm here to help people and of course a little kid saying that and adults like oh isn't that <laughs> cute no seriously. seriously like i have a mission and i'm gonna do it i know what it is kind of thing so that's a, that's a start child um, of, what, are, what do you feel like your starseed connections are um so your starseed origins are just your past lives so you definitely have more than one and i've had lifetimes in the orion constellation pleiadian um andromedan and i feel really connected to with um like I'd say I feel mostly connected to my Orion life, but I feel like I've had lifetimes in, in so many of the different constellations here. Now, I feel like my soul really focuses on our Milky Way galaxy. Maybe that's all that's important in this lifetime. So a lot of the the councils that I work with are within generally our Milky Way. There's tons to work with anyway. It's huge, right? And But there are obviously other galaxies and other universes, and it's just so expansive that our minds, you know, can even barely contain it all. But I definitely see um, that a lot of, we were saying before, a lot of the clients that come to us are work with the same councils. I call in a lot of Orion star seeds. They, they just find me and they really resonate with my energy. And there's usually a lot of, you know, healing to be done as an Orion because there was a lot of galactic wars in that part of the right. of the galaxy. So right. there's lots of healing that we do together and, and it's really beautiful. So the starseed children, they're still being born, obviously, but they can also be, you know, our ages and and they all find me. That's who works with yeah. me all the time. And then the, the last one is the light worker children, just slightly different than the star seeds. So they are energy workers and weavers. You know, energy work isn't always about healing. It can be about moving things out, moving things in, activations. They weave energy. You can also be a really good manifester if you know how to weave 
reality into place. They are here to unite humanity and to remind them of their divine and spiritual nature. So those are the people that are always talking about, you're not just human, you're the soul within, you're an eternal being, you're a spiritual being having a human experience. That's like a light worker. They cannot stand injustice and they will stand up for the equality for all. They're very heart-centered, but they're also very full of passion for living. They love to travel. They like to host retreats. They like to meet a lot of different kinds of people. They like to touch as many lives as they can. I love it. Thank you. I for feel that like I'm a little bit of almost all of those. Like <laughs> know, it's kinda, just in my head, I'm ticking off. <laughs> yeah. Of, I'm scratching off a little bit of each. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, I just, I just find that endlessly it, fascinating. I, I, I will say that I've been schooled because I didn't, I, I didn't have a full understanding of all of them. I knew a few of them and some of them were actually new. So that's, thank oh, you very good. much for that. That was, that was very good. A lot of knowledge there. So, and I, as you were talking about the last group and you were mm -hmm. talking about this weaving of energy, mm. it's kind of, would you also call that mastering the elements in terms Ooh. of water and air? <laughs> like we've, we've met a guy that. who can make water move. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, and, make it windy, that yeah. sort of thing. And the reason I ask is because as you were talking about that, I was getting um, a hit on Merlin who we chatted with him a couple of weeks ago. And he yeah. really talked about how we can harness that energy and to do those types of magic and miracles. Um, mm -hmm. so I wonder if that would be associated with Merlin and have you had any of the kids that are that have a guide like Merlin? Um, I have had, uh, I think I've only had one child who had a guide that was Merlin. And it's funny. I also like my husband is very much a Merlin soul. <laughs> so he is all about the elements and he's all about real magic. And a lot of that has to do with manifestation. You know, like every planet has its own magic to offer. Like each planet has magic sources and Gaia's magic is the creation aspect where you can create your own reality right alongside someone who's having a whole other experience. And you yeah. can see that pretty proof when you scroll social media I can see oh that person's having like maybe a very 3d experience or a very 40 or a very 5d all alongside each other on the same planet so you really are in charge of your own like timeline or the reality that you're creating and you're creating tomorrow now like in every moment so I feel like that's the magic of Gaia I'm glad you brought that up because it's going to be important again in 2024 just like it was in 2020 you will notice that a lot of people were having different experiences in 2020. Some felt very restricted. Some felt very free. Yes. Some felt like there was a nefarious plan. Some were like, this is fantastic. So yeah. um, in so 2024, true. you know, the, you know, what's going to hit the fan and it's your perception of how you, you choose to um, interact with what's happening, mm -hmm. how you choose to perceive it yeah. and what perception you is key. Cause if you can zoom out and have a higher perspective on the things that happened in 2020, then you can be like, wait a minute, that's a part of a larger plan to help more people awaken. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people need to have their nose rubbed in it to have an awakening, right? Yes. People are like, oh, it's a dark agenda. And it's like, but what if the dark agenda and the bad guys are a part of the larger plan for a global awakening, right? What if they all have a place and a role in something so much higher? Can you, can you go there? And maybe people aren't, a lot of people aren't ready to go there and that's okay. That's, that's a, that's <laughs> a advanced to be able to zoom out of something that far. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, and that's what I was getting at the beginning of, I think 2020 was our guides were explaining that, you know, it's, a little bit harsher, a little bit harsher, a little bit harder, because those are different layers of people awakening. Some people, it doesn't take much. Like I'm out of here. I'm awake. I get it. Okay. I see the what's going on. I'm ready. <laughs> but then others, you know, they just keep burying their head and burying their head. And so it just takes more of a kick in the pants. I literally call it ostrich syndrome. They literally <laughs> like, like this. Nope, nope, nope. Until it comes knocking at my door. No. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> Um, before we get into tips for parents and how they can recognize and what to look for and all of that kind of thing, I want mm -hmm. you to talk specifically about grandparents and the role that they play, because oh. some of us are going to be or are grandparents. You and know something I don't. No, I, I, I have I have a grand bunny. <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> I don't our, know. our generation and my kids yeah. could at any yeah, time. Okay. Right, right. Um, but we missed the mark you know, the fact is we weren't awakened back then. And so we weren't able to do these things that the parents are going to do that are awake. Right. Good so point. how can we support our grandkids and how can, what is our special role? Do you think? Uh, so, so what's coming through right now, as you're saying that what came through is this like beautiful message about how this is your opportunity to heal 
your own karma and emotional energies around feeling like you missed the mark, which you didn't, right? Because everything is divinely orchestrated and your child needed that experience to become who they exactly who they are. But now you get to heal any like remaining karma around, I could have been more. I could have been a more open and aware parent. Now you get to do that with <laughs> the grandchild, right? So it's healing for you, but it's going to heal your child as they watch you tenderly and gently guide their child. It heals them too. So I see the parent healing, wow. your relationship yeah. between parent and grandparent. It's less about the child and it's more about the relationship there between the parent and the grandparent. That's beautiful. That's right. really yeah. interesting. It is really yeah. good because a lot of the parents are not awake yet, but the grandparents, the grandparents are like the, are. a lot of our tribe are older, our age and their grandparents, mm -hmm. but you know, and okay. they're the ones that are showing their, the grandkids. And, right. and in all fairness, like I, I, what I've kind of seen as the um, paradigm is when you're younger, you tend to go through more of the lessons you came here to learn, right. you know? So you, you do need to mm -hmm. kind of be a little muggleized, you know, sure. like, so that you're going through that stuff without necessarily having so much of that awareness, but yes, younger and younger, like I'm, I'm meeting people who are like in there, you know, well, I just turned 40 and, you know, and I, and I get the concept of this and I'm like going, oh my God, I wish I understood that at that age, you know, but, um, but that makes so yeah. much sense about the, that healing, that awareness and that healing. And yeah. Cause like, you know, and I don't think my mom watches this at all. I don't think she's <laughs> even aware. Um, but you know, my sister said to me, she goes, you know, I don't think that our mom processes this stuff. I don't think that she goes like, I, I think it's pretty surface. And I said, yeah, she, you know, like, like there's, it. there's no depth to any of this. This is kind your of sister stuff. in Uganda. Yeah. And she gets it. I didn't think she got it. Well, she gets it from a yoga point oh, of view. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm the only like, deep she's in the, the wild deep one. In the, deep I'm in the, the Phoebe. I'm the Phoebe <laughs> of my family. You know, the, um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Right. I feel having an awakened grandparent feels like a rare thing still on this planet so you are a gift and that is going to heal your own child and then it's going to just give the grandchild that like leap forward mm -hmm. to even understand what frequency is or what energy is or the manifestation stuff oh my goodness like that that should be taught in school yeah. mm -hmm. because a lot of times the parents are really wrapped up in being a parent and all it's difficult to be a parent it's and all the things very you have 3D. to do yeah, yeah. it's there's still the moral you know, like, um, well, society, you know, standards of, well, you know, you've got to have two sports and at least one musical instrument and, you know, like, <laughs> play, um, dates play dates, and... like, yeah, it's still all that construct yeah. that we're slowly breaking away from. Like, right. I don't even know how that for I talk to parents about that and I say, okay, you can either join the awakened kids membership or you can join another sport. And let me just tell you how your child can transform with this membership and <laughs> we're talking about versus learning another sport. That's all great and good, but why don't we teach them their, their creator of their own reality? Yeah. Imagine Imagine the kind of adult that you would become if you were taught at seven years old that you're creating your tomorrow with your thoughts and your feelings. Yeah. Like, yeah. let's do that instead. We, we <laughs> definitely need more of that than, you know, and yeah. not to take away from any sport. I mean, I- No, I, of course, yeah, of course. Not to take away from any sport, but the majority of those that are taking sports in grade school and high school and maybe even in college, they're not going on to be a pro. Mm -hmm. So they need another skill set. So- it, yeah. you know, to introduce another skill set. And as a they, school counselor, I have right. to break it to those children all the time. Yeah. And you know, we're yeah. blessed. Both of us are blessed with, with children that we may not have imparted any of this stuff early in their, in their growth period, but they saw us emerge out of, you know, our normal everyday life into this world. You know, we had our awakening during that point when, the, when they were in their teens. <clears throat> and at first they thought, well, our parents are crazy. They're the They're crazy gonna start parents. smoking marijuana and right. <laughs> right. so living. But then when yeah. they when they actually saw, wait a minute, they actually there's there's people that are actually coming over to their house to get you know reiki or they're having some services. You know, it, it became a little bit more legitimate for them. So then they began to ask questions. Then our daughter, though she won't take advice from us, she'll take advice from some very good friends. And you speak about manifesting. Mm -hmm. This girl manifests off the chart if she desires it puts it on a piece of paper throws it under her bed within a couple of months she's got it i mean it's just that's just how it works for her so it's so and our son is seeing et's on the app trail right on the Appalachian trail so it's, yeah that's cool you know, so 
it, it has worked itself out, but it, you know, I don't, but it'll I, be fun too. Yeah. To I don't hold anything children. back by saying, you know, I wish I could have done more no, than no, right, we, we get did it. everything we could yeah. at the time. That's just our process. That's what we contracted for. Well, and I still think like, I, I'm thinking with my kids, I could see them, even though they're finally coming along, like yeah. they, they've had to deal with me being woo woo weird the whole time <laughs> and, um, you know, very in touch with the feelings and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so, um, now that they're in their twenties and thirties, like they are very in touch with it and, and they can talk the language with me, but my son still comes along and he goes, I just learned something so interesting. And I'm like going, yeah, like I never talked to you about that, you know? And so he's got to come from another angle, On but his own, yeah. yeah, but, but he's experienced DTs and, you know, he's experienced more than I have now. Like it's, it's really, really cool to see them come along. So, you know, but you think of the people that we're teaching who are older, yeah. who they don't live, they're not right. teaching this stuff. And yet they're coming along with the kids. That's that it's really exciting times. It is. So yeah. wait, the meat of it. We're going to hear from Jenny. Oh. What can parents look for? Or what are some tips? What do they need to know? So I have, we can do seven signs that you have an awakened child, or I also have how to, how to nurture and strengthen their gifts. So a few of each at least. Yeah. Or give us all the signs and then give us some tips. We I think some- the signs are super important. Yeah. 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 So, so these are signs that you have an awakened child, but I want to also say the caveat of, they might describe you as well to whomever's listening. They might also describe the, the parent. Okay. So, and, yeah. and to be open to that. so the first one is we touched on it briefly, but they have digestive issues. This is a very real thing for very highly sensitive children. If you are an awakened child or becoming an awakened child, and you've got these psychic gifts, you are highly sensitive in every way to energy, to physical things like food, to emotions, to crowds. So they're going to have digestive issues, food sensitivities, and or those autoimmune disorders because awakened kids are so pure. Their frequency is very, very high, but it's delicate. And here we are on earth with this. The food here is a very heavy density and they struggle to integrate it. So the same goes for the medicine here as well. They might be very sensitive to that. So that's the first thing. The second uh, sign is that they have vivid dreams. Your child has vivid dreams of flying. Uh, to other worlds, or they have these vivid dreams of having conversations with people that feel very familiar. They're having like, basically they're meeting like their ancestors and their spirit guides in their dreams and having these really big conversations. Now you won't know if you don't ask your child. So that's something that you can put in your mind to ask them, what do you dream about? What did you have any dreams last night? Cause it's a really big indicator. So it's normal for these awakening children to astral travel at night. Like we said, their soul goes on all these missions to other realms. They go to check in with their guides. They get guidance and healing. And it feels so real for them because it is real. Their, 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 their dreams are very lucid and very realistic. Um, and the flying aspect. I've recently come to, I did a big poll in my audience and we've also noticed that a lot of us as kids believed that we could fly and that it was a big secret, right? Like if you as a kid thought, oh no, I can fly. I just don't show anyone. And that's another extremely popular sign. And and I have more people than I thought would resonate with that. I did a reel on Instagram about I could fly as a kid and it went like insane, um, very viral. So that's another huge sign. So the third sign that you have an awakened child is they are beyond compassionate. They feel everything and they naturally put themselves in other people's shoes to try to understand them. And that doesn't come naturally to everybody. Um, this goes for people, other children, animals, and even nature. And their heart breaks when people hurt each other, when they treat animals poorly, or when they harm the environment. They're literally crying. Their heart is breaking. They take it very, very hard. Um, the fourth sign is they are natural born channelers. So if you ask them a spiritual or emotionally mature questions, they answer, answer with profound simplicity that cuts through the programming and it just leaves you like, whoa, uh, they question things as well that other people will accept blindly, like the way things are done like in school or in family or in jobs in the world, they're questioning everything like, but why is it done like that? Especially if something feels off or unfair to them and they like competitions. So, well, why can't we all, you know, win? Why can't this, why can't that? And they, they're very sensitive to that. 
The fifth sign is that they believe there's a greater purpose to their life and that they are on earth with a mission. That's another really big one that a kid would have. They might talk about creating things, inventing things, fixing things, helping people, even changing the whole world. They see a new world on the horizon and they're just trying to find their path to it, but they see it as if it's already real. Now, and then the shadow side of that be where they can't see, like they know that what's in front of them is not the, it's not the answer. Like, you know, we, you got, you have kids who graduate and they just, everyone's like, well, go get a job, go do this, go do, you know, whatever your degree was. And it's like, no, that's not it. That's not. I think the shadow side of that would be that they still see that new world on the horizon, but they can't find their way to it. Like they can't find their own path. Right. They, they okay. don't believe in themselves and they think one person doesn't make a difference and they don't realize it's, it always is the individual it starts that way. Okay. To make it. You want to change the whole world, you change yourself. Right. But yeah, it would be the self-doubt for sure. <laughs> and then the uh, sixth sign is they are noticeably overwhelmed even at a very young age or drained by large crowds and busy locations. And that again, is just this highly sensitive empaths. They soak up energy like a sponge and they can become overwhelmed by too many different energies in their auric field, which can make them grumpy, exhausted, tired, or even sick. Some of the time they might even get sick from it. And then the last sign, the seventh one is they have night terrors, are extremely afraid of the dark, and they may even be afraid or uncomfortable of certain places in the house, in your home. So awakened children are such pure, bright lights, but they don't have any boundaries in place. So it's really common for them to be noticed by earthbound spirits, which is another term for ghosts, or even harassed by them. And they're more vulnerable when they go to sleep at night because, you know, their ego and their consciousness and everything is so relaxed and they can, you know, be manipulated to have these terrible dreams. So I always say, believe your child. If they're very uncomfortable in a certain hallway or a room and they feel like someone's watching them or something like that, please believe them and get a clearing for your home um, and show them how to protect themselves, right? Like that's super important to, to teach them how to protect themselves with their light. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. So even the adults that I'm thinking of that are super empathic or mm-hmm. uh, highly gifted have a lot of those yes. same things. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Sensitive like you're digestion. You're looking at, you're looking at and... one of them. <laughs> yeah. Me too. I've struggled with digestion my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> well, and yeah. I was asking about that because, you know, all of these, like, while they don't fit my daughter, but my daughter is very open and aware, very good with energy and that kind of thing. Um, hypersensitive to it. My son, who's kind of, you know, like a guy, you know, you're just kind of going, yeah, I'm doing the guy thing or whatever. But all of those are just so him. And like, here he is, what, 23, almost 24. And like, he's very careful. Like he's gotten into having um, bone broth soup, you know, um, with the collagen to help his system. And, you know, he's lightened up on any of the breads and stuff. And like, you know, most guys are not paying attention to that kind of stuff, yeah. but he is really like dialed well, in good. on stuff yeah, like that. Awesome. It's that's good. And and who he spends his time with yeah. and and like his he close knows how to conserve his energy appropriately or is learning how to conserve his energy. Yeah, it's yeah. it's very fascinating. And I didn't really think of it like that. But yeah. yeah, it's just it's interesting to go through that list and go, hmm, the people in your life. It is, right? Yeah. Your frequency is your most precious asset, right? Like your frequency can be affected and and altered by so many things, including the people we hang out with, the entertainment we watch, the music we listen to, the food we eat. It's like when you start getting really sensitive and doing this work that I have for years now, you have to let go of a lot of things. I've had to let go of caffeine and any alcohols or anything like that that's going to like pull me, my frequency down because I need to be up here to do my work, to do my channeling. So yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. So we've identified uh, these traits in our children. And then what? What do we do, Jenny? So to strengthen or to nurture them, um, the very first most important thing is communication. I think that that was the biggest thing lacking when I was growing up is nobody was asking me questions or talking to me about this. And I want parents to not assume, don't assume that your child is not experiencing these really big things just because they haven't talked about it. Mm. I didn't share a lot of what I was going through or experiencing as a kid with anyone. So you need to be the one as the adult to open the door, to get curious and ask them things like, 
Ask them about their dreams. That's a really big one. Ask them if they ever see or feel anything that's not there. Do they think that they've existed before this life? And I also have a list of questions that parents can ask their child if they're unsure, and they can come and find me on you know Instagram. I'm just Starseed Academy with the blue check um, because I have this whole list that would be too long to read now of questions that you can ask your child if you're unsure, but prepare to have your mind blown because if you're going to ask them the questions... I always say, believe what they tell you. You need to believe them when they tell you then, right? So that's the first one is communication. I like that with the communication though, because, you know, think about from the kid's point of view, it's, it's just, it's their normal. So they wouldn't know that any of it's different or unusual until they butt up against a question about it. Yeah. 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 And it makes them think about it a little more deeply, like, oh, wait. I did feel that way, or that did happen, or I do feel like I sense things in the room with me, good things sometimes, like guides and angels supporting them and when they're doing really good. And yeah, there's lots of questions that you can ask them to just get that communication going. And then, so the second way to nurture them is to help them, to teach them how to connect with the light. And I would say both within and without, because of course the light from above, God, we wanna be connecting with that light. And if you can teach them to do that, quickly, just in the morning or at night before bed or both, ideally. Um, it's it's so powerful, but there's also a light that we have within. So our souls have to sit somewhere in our body, right? They're animating the physical form. They sit in the high heart. So it's below the throat chakra, but above the heart chakra in this place called the high heart. And if you can place your hands over that, and this is what I teach kids inside of the membership, the Awaken Kids membership, I teach them to like grow that light to feel it under their hands making their hands hot and then to move their hands away from their bodies and to bring light with their hands until they're making it all the way around themselves and they could go we went further we went as big as the planet like we 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 filled up our home and then our towns and then our country and then we did the whole world and we gave the whole world a big hug of love but basically just that one simple practice is protection. So it's clearing, right? That white light clears, it's healing, it's protection and it's mental health. Cause that moment of just focusing on your light and your breath, it's what they need sometimes to get out of their head too. So I think that if you can, if you were just going to do one small thing from listening to this, just do that with them. And you would still see some beautiful improvements in their moods and in them having less nightmares if they did it before bed and being less afraid of the dark and feeling more empowered. Um, And then the other thing that I had written down here for you guys was it's never too early to teach them about the Claire's because we were talking that's very natural. It's built into us. It's really some people think of this as very advanced, but it doesn't have to be, you know, I am inside the membership already working on clairvoyance with the children. All of these spiritual gifts that we have are rooted in the clairs. The clairs are literally the foundation for everything that you're ever going to do as a spiritual gift. If you're a healer, if you're a channeler, if you're an Akashic reader, it's all about the clairs. That's how you receive from spirit and how you understand what you're receiving. That's the communication with spirit, right? So you can, you could, a couple of fun examples that parents could try. You could teach them how to use their palm chakras to scan their pet you know, scan the pet. Do you feel any cold spots, you know, and you could help them learn how to remove that and then send healing through the hands. They could scan themselves, people, nature. Again, I love trees and children together. It just goes together. They could scan the tree, feel for life force, feel for a warmth. They could send healing and they could also receive information through scanning. So the palm chakras, that's clear sentience, right? Clear feeling. The other easy one would be teaching them how to use their mind's eye to tune into the energy around them. So closing your eyes, you know, look at the room, remember it, and then close your eyes. Can you see it with your eyes closed? Where's the bookshelf? Where's this? Where's that? Is there anything extra? And, you know, you could even add in the scanning with the palms to get really advanced. Do you feel, okay, can you feel the energy of the plant? How is that different from the energy of the TV or the computer? It feels different, doesn't it? And you're seeing and you're feeling and there are fun practices and things for the children, but this teaches them. That's clairvoyance. Think, think about how advanced that is to see. Yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> It's everything. And then the last one is just just teaching them how to pray or communicate, whatever term you prefer, to pray to God's source or to chat with their spirit guides and learn how to get quiet enough in their mind to hear the reply. Because there's always a reply, but are we listening? You can't just always be talking and asking and never listening. So if we could teach them to listen, 
it's clear audience. Mm -hmm. Now they can have a conversation with God and hear or a conversation with their guides. So um, I think that those are such fun ways to work with children. And those are things that, that I'm doing with children as well. Um, and then the last one I had, we've talked about already. So I'll just quickly say, teach them that they're creating their life. Like this is a, just a huge bonus. You don't have to do this, but imagine if your childhood that you were taught about frequency and manifestation, like you'd be worlds ahead. Yeah, mm -hmm. sure. I love it. Sure. What a valuable resource all of that was for uh -huh. our parents. I yeah. love that. <laughs> um, what would you say are the best aged children that would most benefit? Like how, what are the age groupings or ranges in your program? It's just as soon as you start. Like I, I always say to parents, all ages are welcome. I have teenagers and I have like little, like, you know, six-year-olds. And, and I teach the same lesson to them all because it's for everyone. And I see the parents doing it too. And it's for everyone. You know what I mean? Like if the parents can do it and the kids can do it together, it's kind of like this bonding experience as well. And so I like to do in my, in my events, in this membership, I spend about 30 minutes on the kids. Cause that's all they really have an attention span for. And then the, the last 30 minutes, it's about regular coaching for the parents and the guardians, the grandparents, whoever shows up. So I actually will take the second half of the session and just focus on the adults and be like, what's come up for you this week. And I encourage them to write down things so that they remember when something comes up and to ask me about it. Well, you know, why is he getting so many headaches or why, when I send him off to his dad's, does he come back being this way or why this or why that? And, and I literally channel for them, you know, everything that is going on with their child and, and, and even steps to take to, to ease whatever it it is. Yeah. What a big huge. resource and a yeah. help that is. And yeah. to be clear, parents are always welcome in those classes. You're not just putting your kid in front of a zoom with some stranger. No. It's a family membership. It's a family membership. Although the kids really like to be on camera most because they wave to each other the whole time. So I'll be talking and teaching and they're like, wait, and then this one's wait, and they're all just waving to each other. It's so adorable. I have to giggle the whole time I'm doing it. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, all of your contact information is going to be in the description box. Yep. Um, is there a primary method for people to reach out? What's best for you? I think it's easiest to find me on Instagram, to be honest, because um, because on Instagram, I could verify myself. So like I said earlier, look for the blue check. Unfortunately, in social media, when you get to a certain stage, there's lots of copycat accounts that try to take advantage of your followers. And so I, I made sure to do the blue check. So it's just Starseed Academy with the blue check. You'll see my face. Um, and you can DM me, please feel free. I'm, I'm always available to take questions in my DMS. They're open. Okay. Fantastic. What a marvelous conversation this was. We are so yeah. thankful that but, you took time out of your day to meet with us and our, yeah. our viewers. That went to school. I mean, I, I learned right. a lot. I, I, I mean, I know, our, I know our audience <laughs> is going to learn a lot as well. So thank you so much. Anything awesome. else? I feel like we could have talked forever is all oh, I want to say. Sure. Like I could have just come to, let's talk about more. Like there's so much to share. <laughs> is there anything else you want to share before we close? That's really important that we didn't ask. I would just share, like, if you don't have children, but this is all really resonating for you, I have an adult membership. It's just called the Starseed Academy membership. It is an unbelievable place to come and, and, and be a part of a community of people that are having these conversations and are learning to grow their gifts and are going on these crazy astral adventures and journeys with me. We do a lot of contests and fun things. So if even if you're not a parent, I have a space for you in my community. Awesome. That's lovely. That's thank you fabulous. so much for being with us, Jenny. Yeah, thank It was you such so a much. pleasure. And we want to thank all of you guys for spending your time with us and for checking in with us at Out on a Limb Podcast. Mm -hmm. Until next time. See you guys.